boys. Hi. Hi. What do we have here? These are black-tailed prairie dogs, and they're just a few months oh old. <laughs> oh my goodness! And I can pet them just fine, or yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh wow! I've never petted a prairie dog. Yeah, we hope um, that they're going to be really good ambassadors for their species and for the prairie. And um, they tend to be. Oh, <laughs> that's their little greeting. It's a little Yahoo. Will Rogers once said, Personally, I've always felt that the best doctor in the world is the veterinarian. He can't ask his patients what the matter is. He's just got to know. Veterinarians get their start in pre-med programs like the one offered by the Pittsburgh State University Biology Department. I'm your host, Andra Stefanoni, and in this episode of Gorilla Connection, you'll meet a recent graduate of the program who just became a local veterinarian. And you'll go to room 328 Heckert Wells Hall, where students who want to become veterinarians can get hands-on experience caring for animals under the guidance of Delia Lister, a Pitt State graduate. Before we meet them both, a note. The pre-veterinarian program at Pitt State has many other opportunities as well. A pre-health orientation class offered by Dr. Harries and Dr. Peak is where students get to hear from area veterinarians and from recent graduates now pursuing their DVMs at universities like K-State, Oklahoma State, and the University of Missouri. Dr. Ghosh coordinates an online pre-vet community with peer mentoring, and Dr. Zurich organizes pre-vet club meetings. The PSU Wildlife and Fisheries Society, moderated by Dr. Whitney, Dr. George, and Dr. Brodsky, gives students field experience with animals. Advisors Dr. Ryder, Zurich, and Chung help students on their journey toward their degree. And an internship in pre-vet medicine developed between the Pitt State Biology Department and Broadway Animal Hospital, just minutes from campus, gives students valuable on-the-job training while they're still in school. Now, let's explore. Um, so, black-tailed prairie dogs are um, a really important keystone species. We hope people will understand that they're a keystone species um, because they help support over a hundred different um, other plant and animals. So they're they're critical to the ecosystem, the success wow. of an ecosystem of the shortgrass prairie, and they're the main food source of black-footed ferrets, um, which are federally endangered. So they're they're pretty important. Okay. Everything touches everything else in a way. Exactly. It? Yes. Well, they sure are cute. And so we are here in um, the Nature Reach uh, office. office, I guess. Let's go around the corner and you can tell me what else we have here. Yeah. Um, so this is our prep room. This is where all of the students um, learn how to prep the food. And so they get really good at chopping up produce for our various um, turtles and tortoises and lizards. And um, they learn about all of the necessary nutritional um, requirements of the of the animals and um, I mean here we have a flip chart that shows how to take care of a bearded dragon and above that a little tote full of tortoise hay it's labeled tortoise hay so lots of interesting things here yeah things you wouldn't expect really uh -huh. and um, you know we've got different types of 
calcium powders for various animals to meet their nutritional needs and antiparasitic powder um, because there's parasites that live in crickets that some of our animals eat. And so that's a way to, to pass parasites on that we want to try to avoid. Um, so there's all of these little details that, especially when the students are first starting, they are like totally overwhelmed. And so I have to spend a lot of time with them, getting them comfortable, getting to getting them to know the routine on how to um, best do this in an efficient manner. And um, then they can ask questions. And um, some of them really start to enjoy it. Some of them really start to like um, the design part of the cages and um, how to make enrichment for the animals. And so various, various avenues they can go with this. And then this is our animal room, of course. And uh, we're setting up a new prairie dog enclosure for this room, and so the PSU physical plant has been pretty critical in helping us um, get get this cage redesigned. And um, so, yeah, that's okay. Oh, there's so many great things to see in here. Um, let's just take a little quick tour, and then we can talk a little bit about what students learn. Sure, um, of uh, students of all ages. Yeah, right? not just the the university <laughs> not just students. The university students, so, but little kids. Yeah. So you have reptiles and amphibians, and um, it sounds like things that live in water, maybe fish or something. Yeah, we have, um, uh, sort of, this is our desert section. And so we have a, a bearded dragon and this is a great animal, um, for, uh, students to, to get an up close view, um, of a lizard. And we can talk about the characteristics of a lizard versus a snake or a turtle. Um, and then, um, we've got down here, we've got a couple of different tortoises. One of them is a tortoise that had been stolen from the wild, Somebody had tied a rope around it and tied it to a pole, and then a dog came along and chewed Aww. on her. And so she's got a lot of damage to her shell, and because she's now been in captivity, she can't be released back to the wild um, because she may transmit disease to the wild population. Okay. Um, and so that's a great lesson for kids. We try to encourage kids of really all ages that it's not a good idea to take animals from the wild and make them pets. We have a specific permit um, from the state and when we're dealing with the birds we even have federal permits um, that allow us to, to keep these that says we know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And once they've been in captivity they they are there's an imprint process that happens where they really can't survive in the wild on their own? Yeah, in many cases and it's especially true with birds and so depending on how old they are when um, they're, when people are involved, they can become imprinted to, to the point where they're never, they never learn how to hunt. They don't know how to take care of themselves. Um, so a lot of times, and this is a good time to talk about this because it's spring, um, I will get lots of calls about, um, baby birds falling out of nests. And so I'll say, put the bird back. Um, because even if you're quote successful at, at raising a baby bird, when you release it, it's probably not going to live more than a day or two because it hasn't been given the tools to survive. Um, Plus, it's illegal. The, the fine for that is $10,000 and a year in jail if, if you're caught um, with native birds, um, if you're trying to, to do whatever with them. So. And so really, that's the whole goal of Nature Reach, right, is to educate people of all ages, mm -hmm. parents, kids, um, college students, about not just how to care for animals, but... Um, yeah, where, where, their, where their place is and an ecosystem and... The cycle, um, the circle yeah, of life. Yeah, so, yeah, everything that we can possibly give them, as much information as we can possibly give them. And especially, like, you know, here we're standing in front of a bunch of snakes, and, um, you know, people tend to either really love or really hate snakes, and I hope to 
help convince people that not all snakes are bad, and um, just because you see a snake doesn't mean that it's a venomous snake or a dangerous snake. And um, even if you see a venomous snake, just walk away. Uh Just leave it alone. You don't need to go kill it. I just don't want them in my chicken coop. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know. I've had to remove a few from my chicken coop. I've had two black rat snakes in my chicken coop already, and I'm sure I've lost a couple of eggs, but yeah, whatever. Okay, and so... We also have um, some turtles. Yeah, this is, right now we have a common musk turtle, and he's pretty teeny tiny, actually, so he's probably hiding somewhere. Um, here he is. Oops. Knock over my filter here. Okay. So here oh, my he gosh, he's tiny. He's just a little hatchling, um, and this is a common, common musk turtle, okay. where they're sometimes referred to as stink pots. And he is not even the size of the palm of your hand. Right, yeah. How, um, how big will he grow? Um, not that huge, actually. Uh, musk turtles are probably the smaller of all the water turtles. Uh, you know, like a painted turtle, they'll mm-hmm. get to be the size of a dinner plate. This guy, I don't know, maybe the size of like a softball. Okay. Something like that. He's cute. Okay, more snakes. Lots of, Lots snakes. of snakes. Yes. And they seem to be just super chill today. Yeah, they were just fed. So Everyone's I a, a, napping yeah. or digesting. <laughs> digesting, yeah. I have a, a student that comes in once a week, um, and they're trained specifically to handle the snakes and feed them. And um, they're fed twice a month, and then the alternate weeks they are um, they get cleaned and get fresh water and all that stuff. And okay. so, um, and that person... Um, you know, has to spend quite a bit of time with them. And they, they, many of my student snake feeders, um, have learned to like snakes because they, they start and they're really nervous and they are, they almost shake their whole, whole body will almost shake when <laughs> they're trying to like, yeah. thing, is it? <laughs> right. And then at the end, um, you know, they love snakes and I'll walk in and they're just letting them crawl all over them and, um, they're having a great time with them. And so, um, I'm always really happy when I can get a student to, to get over their fear of snakes because personally I used to be afraid, afraid of snakes when I was a student in field biology and I, I had to force myself to get over it and and thankfully with the help of a few other people I, I was able to do that and so I like to be able to pass on what I know. Let's talk about that, passing on what you know and you having been a student. You went to school here in biology, mm-hmm. graduated in? Uh, 2004. Okay. And you've been here ever since. Yeah, I got my undergraduate, which is a BSED in biology, and then a master's in biology, both here. And I worked under, for my master's, I worked under um, Dr. Cindy Ford. Here in Nature Reach. Uh, um, yeah, so she is one of the like co-founders, you could say, of, of the Nature Reach program. And um, I actually started at Nature Reach as a student around 2003, I think, somewhere in that neighborhood. And then I was a grad student um, right after I graduated with my BSED. And so I always um, really had an interest um, after I took her class um, as an undergraduate. It was a class called Regional Natural History. And I sort of like this whole new world opened up, you know, looking I for frogs. took and... that same class and it, it, the same thing happened. Yeah. To you see <laughs> yeah. the world differently. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then um, she told me about this field of environmental education and, and, and natural history interpretation. And I just sort of ran with it. And um, now I'm fortunate enough that I get to teach a natural history interpretation class. And I've added um, to it an animal care and management class and um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited that the students, you know, they're not just 
getting a, a student worker position when they come here. Um, they're actually, they have to take a class. Um, they spend a lot of time with these animals, um, and then they are much better trained um, when they go on um, to work at a nature center or a zoo or whatever. Um, and so it's really, it's really great that they have this hands-on learning opportunity. I really like the, the practicality of, of what this program can do for our students. Well, one of them, or, or a former student, a graduate, uh, I talked to recently, Brandy Lawrence, and yeah. she's a veterinarian now. Yeah. So do some of your students go on and become veterinarians, and this is sort of a springboard for them learning to care for animals? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I've had at least two become veterinarians, and then um, I've had one become a park ranger. Um, another one is uh, at Great Plains Nature Center in Wichita, Kansas. Um, and a few others have gone on. Some are teachers, and so um, hopefully they've they've gotten some some nice knowledge that they can then pass on and use in their careers. And um, it's it's pretty cool when um, you know students that you've worked with and can go on and be successful, and you've had at least a little teeny tiny part of that. Absolutely. So this summer, you're going to be influencing minds that are a little bit younger than the the college student ones that you influence. You have a series of camps coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and those will range from what, kindergarten or preschool up uh -huh. to high school? Um, middle school. So we've got a pre-K reading program, which will be in July. Um, on June 15th, we have a kindergarten uh, camp where they get their first little entry into uh, what it's like to be a day camper. And then um, our most well-known camp um, that's been running the longest is our camp for first through third graders, which is um, five days um, nine to noon each day, and that fills very quickly. And then my newest camp is called the Raptor Ambassador Camp, which is for students who completed sixth and seventh grade. And um, in this one, they're going to not only learn how to care for our raptor ambassadors, but then the students themselves are going to become ambassadors for the birds. And so they'll learn about um, raptor anatomy and raptor care. And I even have a wildlife uh, rehabilitation specialist coming in so they can um, get some practice at um, taking care of a, of a bird. It's a stuffed animal, but, but they'll get to take care of a bird. And then um, at the end, they'll get to actually do a necropsy or a dissection on um, a, an, a hawk and an owl so they can wow. see the internal anatomy and how those two, two kinds of birds are, are different on the inside. What a fantastic hands-on learning experience. Yeah. And that's going to be out at the Nature Reserve? Yeah, out at the PSU Natural History Reserve, yeah. And it's really a kind of a little mini version of what I do for the college students um, because I uh, I try to let, let the students know that, you know, the, the reason we do certain things, especially for our birds, um, like we watch what they eat um, because if they get overweight, they can get fatty liver disease. And so when they open up a bird that has that fatty liver disease, they can be like, oh, this is why we do X, Y, Z, you know, or this is, um, this is why an owl makes a pellet versus a hawk that doesn't make a pellet that's full of bones in it. Mm -hmm. So it becomes much more, um, applied learning. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for showing me what the animals are up to today and talking a little bit about your program. I hope that I get to come out and maybe participate in the camp. Even yeah. though I'm not a kid, you'll still let me yeah. in, right? <laughs> I'll let you come in. Yeah. And, I, and I'm really excited for, for Brandy to be here. Um, you know, she's joining Dr. Wallace, Heather Wallace at Broadway Animal Hospital, and, and she's been kind enough to donate a lot of her services to the program. And so, um, you know, it's kind of come full circle with Brandy joining Dr. Wallace um, after being so familiar with our program. Uh -huh. And, and um, in fact, I think Brandy is going to be the vet that performs 
um, surgery on our prairie dog pups. They need to be neutered in a few months, and so oh, she's wow. going to get to do that. So Right think, here where she got her start. Right here where she got her start, yeah. That's very cool. Thanks, Delia. This has been fun. Great. Thank you. Now, let's head downtown, just a few minutes from campus, to Broadway Animal Hospital. We'll connect with Dr. Brandi Lawrence, the veterinarian who got her start in Nature Reach. Um, my name is Brandi Lawrence. I am originally from Lamar, Missouri, which is just kind of across the state line. Um, I graduated from Pitt State in the fall of 2017 um, with a bachelor's of science in biology and then like a minor in chemistry. Okay. And at the time, like you were set on becoming a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Have you always wanted to do that? Yeah. Growing yeah. up? Did Ever you? since... Ever since I knew, like, the people had to have a job when they grew up, that was <laughs> that was what I wanted. Um, and I knew that people could be doctors for animals. That was kind of like, that's all there is for me. Okay. You grew up with animals, mm-hmm. loving them. And, yep. Yeah. Yep. And so when you were at Pitt State, how did that program help prepare you for what you're doing now? Oh, it was amazing. Um, so in the biology department, all of the professors were like, they're hard on you, but they prepare you really, really well for what professional school is going to be like. Um, Dr. Chung, and like specifically, was, you know, his classes were the hardest, but he really like made sure that you were ready. Um, and then Dr. Ryder, she's retired. She taught um, the human physiology class, which it's human phys, but mammal physiology is kind of just mammal physiology. Um, and so she would make, you know, she would talk about animals during that as well to kind of make it more relevant for me because she knew that I wanted to go to vet school. So I always thought that was pretty cool. Um, kind of customizing. Yeah, she would kind of customize the lectures a little bit for okay. who she knew was in the class. Um, and, you know, the courses were hard, but that it just gets you ready for what you're going on to do. So Okay. And then what was your experience like with Nature Reach? Um, so I had Delia as my freshman orientation teacher and she talked up nature reach and like walked us up there and I was like oh this is really cool Uh and then she needed volunteers and so Dr. Peak who was my advisor she was like oh Brandy you need to do this like this is really important um and so I started volunteering and I just loved it um I really liked um working with all the animals that are in Heckert Wells the raptors out at the their place, they kind of scared me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, a giant eagle can uh-huh. be kind of intimidating. Uh-huh. Yeah, I yeah. would just, whenever I had to feed him, like, he would usually, when I was there, it would be a day that he was getting a fish, and I would just, like, open the door and, like, throw the fish in as far as I could get it, <laughs> <laughs> and I would run away. <laughs> but nonetheless, getting that hands-on experience, just caring for animals, yes. figuring out what they need, that that was yes that experience was so valuable because it got me experience with a lot of animals that you don't usually see so like most vet clinics you know they see cats and dogs or horses and cows um but you know you may not see a lot of snakes a lot of bearded dragons um a lot of large birds but doing that I got experience with all those and it made me understand that like their um their needs are a lot different than what our other pets are and that um just there's a lot that as a vet I can now do um to try and help those kind of animals too. Sure. Um, and, and so when you went in, you said you went in as a freshman at mm-hmm. Nature Reach did, or sophomore? I, I don't remember. It was very did early. You, did you work 
several years. Mm-hmm. I, I did it until my last semester, all the way up till graduation. So to someone who's not familiar with Nature Reach, tell me just a little bit about what that program is like. Yeah, so Nature Reach is a program with um, lots of different animal species. A lot of them are native to this area. Um, originally, like there's prairie dogs, there's several different types of snakes that she keeps. Um, and she goes around to different elementary schools and programs and just kind of introduces kids and people to these animals and as kind of a way to educate about the environment um, and why these species are important and we should protect them. Um, so as a volunteer, I would feed all the animals and clean their bedding um, and just make sure they were doing okay. And it would be about once a week. Sometimes it might be more, but usually I had like one day a week each semester that I did everything. I imagine you probably looked forward to that. I oh, mean, yeah. kind of a, a stress reliever in between classes yeah. or homework. Yeah. To, I mean, when you work with animals, there's just something that happens. Yes. That makes you feel better. So. Exactly. Um, and so when you graduated, where did you go after that? So when I graduated, I had about a semester off because I graduated in the fall and I was working at a vet clinic at that time. Um, and then I got accepted to Oklahoma State University's College of Vet Med. And so I moved to Stillwater over that summer and then immediately started vet school. And you just graduated from there a few yes, weeks ago, right? Yes, I just graduated at the beginning of this month. That's exciting. Yeah. You finally achieved your goal. Yes. And so what brought you back to Pittsburgh? Um, so like I said, I'm from around here, and then I just really love this town while I was here. Like, there's a lot to do. The people here are great. Um, and so when I got the opportunity to come back, I jumped on it. Um, I really like... Um, I really like students. I really like teaching, and we get a lot of students here that want to go to vet school. Um, and so being able to show them like success and being able to, you know, help them as they grow and like, learn new skills and then they in turn get accepted to vet school, that is really um, meaningful to me. So, I mean, really, you've come full circle. Yeah. You're working with the, the next Brandy who yeah. is thinking that's what she wants to do. Yeah. Um, about how many students do you have come through the practice, either as interns or volunteers or paid workers? Oh, many. Have, many. A lot of them start as intern or, you know, kind of interning or shadowing. And then most of them get hired and will work here, you know, whether it's in kennels or if they're helping with appointments or helping in the back with treatments and things. Um, we kind of just, you know, to the level of their experience. Um, and then we help them learn new skills while they're here. This seems like a very busy practice. You yes. have, I mean, just in waiting for you for a few minutes this morning, there were dogs coming in and out, people waiting for appointments. Yes. You've already had surgery. You've got cats you've got to help. Uh-huh. So it, it, could Pittsburgh use more veterinarians? Yes. So um, with COVID and a lot of the veterinary population are older and a lot of them have retired here the last couple of years. Um, especially due to COVID and then just aging, we've, this community has lost several vets within the last five or so years. Um, so I do think there's definitely a demand. Um, and I've just started and we have another doctor starting next week too. Oh, wow. To help keep up. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Um, so definitely if, if anyone is listening to this, who would be a prospective college student, you mm-hmm. would encourage them. Yes. Like, come by. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk. You want to get them into school and get them a degree. Yes. You can learn more about Pitt State's pre-vet program by visiting pittstate.edu backslash biology. For more stories about Pitt State programs and people, visit pittstate.edu backslash gorilla connection. Thanks for listening.